Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Coin Flip Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Turner Medlicott, joined as always by Jenna Lossie and Adrian Walker. And how are we doing this week, gentlemen? I'm unhappy, but you know, that's primarily just to do with y'all too, but that's fine. We'll move forward. <laughs> I'm very busy. It's just a very, very busy week. Um, but, but you, you, I'm surprised you didn't come into this podcast with a little bit more enthusiasm on that opening. Cause you should be very happy right now. Oh no, I, it is, it's partially because this week is fully draining. We have kids in person for the first time and that's just been utterly exhausting. But the only reason I'm not already asleep right now, um, is because my Cardinals, Won the freaking JJ Lot lottery. JJ Paid him a bunch lottery. of money, but we but but we won it. And I was not expecting that in the slightest. I know I talked a couple of episodes ago about how I would love for him to come to the Cardinals and how I thought he was a decent fit, but I totally expected him to go to a a better contender um or something like that. But he came to the desert, he's gonna team up with Chandler Jones the two uh, leading uh, the sack leaders from the past 10 years um, on the same team, which means that one uh, on every play, at least one of them isn't going to be double teamed, which is going to be a disaster for whoever we're facing. Um, so huge upgrade for us. Um, great deal for, for JJ, 23 million of it guaranteed. Um, and all around, it seems like, all I ever wanted uh, heading into next season. A lot of expectations now, for sure. If we don't make the playoffs, then it's going to be uh, a, a crapshoot of who sur- who survives next offseason. But for now, I'm absolutely psyched. No, I'm excited for y'all. And, you know, it's one of those things watching the NFL, loving football as a whole, you know, seeing a, t- a good young team like yours and then knowing that you could bring a veteran a presence. I just, I'm so excited that, you know, you'll be able to watch your team lose in the first round of the playoffs next year. Like that's just awesome. <laughs> we can, uh, we, we can, we can be partners in that. Although I don't know if the Steelers are making the playoffs next year. Oh no, no. It, it's big Ben's <laughs> birthday today. And I specifically did not wish him a happy birthday on my whiteboard today. <laughs> it is Daniel Craig's birthday. In my opinion, there shout out go. Skyfall. The uh, the only thing, other thing that J.J. Watt needs to do, because he's already done enough by just signing uh, and, and being J.J. Watt, is he needs to uh, whisper a little something-something in, in Larry Fitzgerald's ear, ear to come back for, for one more well, season. Well, that, feel... that and he needs to stay healthy. Well, that yeah. too, but I, don't, I feel like at this point in his career, I don't know how much he can help that. <laughs> I got to say, it's going to be very aesthetically pleasing that um, he's got to be able to keep 99 uh, across from Chandler Jones, 55. I just think that's very aesthetically pleasing to see, to see yeah. the double numbers rushing off the edge. Yeah, no, that's um huge. Thank you to the, um, I feel like a terrible Cardinals fan uh, for not remembering it, but uh, as I'm looking it up right now, a uh, huge thank you to the uh, Goldberg family. Um, for just basically giving permission to unretire uh, Marshall Goldberg's number um, from from the Cardinals organization, specifically for J.J. Watt to wear it. Um, that's super cool. I don't know if 
I feel like JJ Watt would have been okay giving up the number, but you're right. It's going to be really cool to see 55 and 99 lining up on the two ends of the formation. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. Um, it all jokes aside, the Cardinals should be a playoff team next year. And now more than ever, do I want to see Deshaun Watson trade to the 49ers just to see the chaos oh, that that God, division can unfold. No. <laughs> like, I need, no. you know, no. like, I, I just want to see just, just chaos. the horror show chaos. that is the NFC You want West. chaos. Like, I want chaos. I'm an Asian of chaos. We all know that, but yes. like, Oh my goodness. I just want the entire NFC West to implode upon itself, like trying to beat each other. Like they're all, they're all going to be so injured by the time they make it to the playoffs. Cause they had to play each other twice a year. Like that's Did, just, it'd be hilarious. Do we think Russell Wilson's going to make his exit? I, I don't think no. so. I think Russ is just being a petty, a petty, you know what? Like, I just don't think he's, he's fine. He's just, annoyed. he hasn't even asked. He hasn't even asked for a trade yet. No, he's just hinting. He's like, I wouldn't mind it. And it's like, oh, shut up, dude. Like it, and I know he wants all he's doing is putting pressure in the front office. He's doing two right. things. He's one, either trying to push Pete Carroll out, or he is trying to leverage them to get an O line, which you can't just get an O line. That's just that takes years to build. Like that's why it's you gotta applaud the teams that build good offensive defensive lines, because it legitimately takes three to five first round picks and then good free agency pickups. Like it's hard and difficult and expensive. Um, I think he's staying, but I kind of want to see him move just again, chaos, but then it would make it easy for the Cardinals and that wouldn't be fun for me. So I about to say it would be way easier to, to, to not like the Seahawks with, with him gone. So I'd appreciate that, but um I don't know. I'm just really excited. I'm going to be excited probably until that first regular season game. Um, and excited now to see what we can do in the draft uh, because I think it allows us to focus um, on our offensive line and protecting Kyler Murray a little bit more. Um, I love that you phrased it that way. I'm, I'm excited. I'll be so excited until the first season, uh, first game of the season, in which my <laughs> dreams will be crushed and everything's done. Yep. I, I'm, a, I'm a Cardinals fan. <laughs> I, I know where to, to limit my expectations. <laughs> yeah, Unless but, y'all have anything else to say about that, that was the only football story of the week. Uh, so let's jump back into our regularly scheduled programming uh, of NBA basketball. Um, and Adrian, I'll let you kick this one off. Um, the biggest news, I think, for the week has been the, the coach firings that have taken place uh, in the NBA I think the biggest one, or at least the one that I heard about the most, uh, was Lloyd Pierce of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, a big surprise. Uh, I think the Hawks are 14 and 20 thereabouts uh, this year, which is, I think, a little bit under their expectations. But they've had lots of injuries. Um, Trey Young has been, as we've said in the past, a great statistical player, but maybe not playing the most winning of basketball. Um, but where does that leave that organization going forward? Well, they already promoted Nate McMillan to the, the, the head coaching job. So they already have their replacement. Um, I think this says two things. One, the Atlanta Hawks are 
a uh, sad excuse for an organization. I think that front office has a lot of problems and until the front office gets replaced or some parts get shifted around, they're going to be a franchise that's going to be in trouble for a while. Um, And I think the other thing that it says is there's too much expectation on being able to flip a franchise around within one or two seasons, um, which has become a trend in the NBA of late. You had the, the Nets uh, who went from maybe a fringe uh, playoff team to probably the best team in the East um, right now. You, you have uh, the, the Warriors who went from great to better, but they actually built their, their success through the draft. Um, even though a lot of people don't people forget that. Uh, but, but the trend in the league is if you can't get your franchise to play winning basketball and two or three seasons, then you have to shake things up. Some, something's wrong. Something has to be figured, but that's just, that's not how team building works. That's not how success building works in my opinion. Um, and I think there's other other things that you can certainly bring up about the Lloyd Pierce firing. Um, Ryan Saunders was also fired from the Timberwolves um, th- this past week, but I think definitely Lloyd Pierce's firing is is the big one um, in the NBA this week. I, I honestly think it's completely justified. Not not saying that I think the front office could be better, but I think they've assembled a pretty solid team. I mean, when you look at you know Rondo is not amazing, but they picked up you know a solid vet. To, train up Trey Young a little bit, though that's not obviously not really happening. They got Gallinari. Um, they managed to get Capella, which I think has, you know, a solid ceiling at different times. They drafted pretty well with Trey Young, as we mentioned, maybe more of a stat pattern, but he's won some really big games and put up some incredible numbers. I really like John Collins, and they got him at a pretty value pick. Um, I still think Cam Reddish has a solid ceiling. I don't think they've done like they're not like Sacramento Kings in the early 2010s bad like oh no I, no no they're not so that I, level but I yeah. think they've done a pretty good job they I don't think they're you know, again using comparisons they're not different nuggets right now but I think they've done a pretty solid job drafting and picking up players this team is terrible though and like that a lot of that has to do with the coach and I think you just see what a good coach can do for like the Hornets the Hornets seemed a little aimless. They don't have a superstar necessarily. They're Yet. one of the most fun teams to watch and one of the most impressive offenses in the league. Like it, that is mostly done to James Borrega. Now, yes, you have Lamelo, you have Hayward, you have Scary Terry, you have some impressive players, but there, Lloyd Pierce was been an atrocious job, and I think you got several coaches that kind of deserved it. I think Saunders deserved it. I think that team is destitute and has too much talent to be as bad as they were. I think Van Gundy was not too far off until the last three or four weeks in New Orleans. I think Van Gundy was doing an atrocious job coaching the one of the best talents, if not the best single talent in the league with Zion Williamson. And now all of a sudden, they look on a good trajectory. I think is a very deserved firing even though it is shocking at what point are you going to let a bad coach manage your team philadelphia did that for way too long and you saw how that ended up you know i i think what's most shocking to me about his firing is not that he ultimately got fired is that he got fired already um 
with the Hawks being so young, I don't know. I, I feel like in these situations, sometimes coaches get a little bit more time um, to shape a young team, to turn a young team around after the all-star break. Um, but I don't really think Lloyd Pierce was going to take them too, too far, at least where they wanted to go. So it doesn't surprise me that he's ultimately out of there, but it does surprise me that in an early part of the season where they were hurt by injuries, where, you know, they weren't great, but they, they could at least build to something that he was already dismissed. Yeah. I think, um, where where my problems with the organization comes in is i i don't necessarily disagree with the fire i agree with you turner i think it's a little bit early because he's a season and uh about what eight weeks nine weeks in yeah um so i feel like that's just a little early to fire on a job but at the same time if you look at the timeline of the team you you mentioned how you just hired a coach to coach a, a young team. Some of the, the people that they brought in, it seemed like they, it was more of like a win now mindset for a team that wasn't ready to win now. Um, like Danilo Gallinari just doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's a good veteran signing if you're a competitor, but that's that's assuming that, that would have you assuming that the Hawks was going to be a, a top five, six team in the east which they're not and they're not even close um you also have talent on that team you have capella you have collins you have young um but the to then balance that out or or kind of uh mess up that rot i wouldn't say mess up the roster with rondo um but kind of give a player that doesn't fit in my opinion um along with bogdanovich it just the offseason signings didn't feel aligned with the way the organization was headed. I felt I don't know if you all feel the same way. I felt the Hawks were in they had placed themselves in very good positions to be in a competitive team in about three years. That that's about what I felt. Um, they had positioned themselves for with Cam Reddish, Trey Young, John Collins, etc. Um, but then they kind of screwed it all up. And during this win now mindset expectation, that just isn't palatable. Do you think some of that came from the, the Luca Trey comparisons that happened so often earlier in the careers and, and Luca's uh, success, at least on his team and uh, in the playoffs, as opposed to, well, Trey Young hasn't played in the playoffs yet. So, well, I mean, Luca made one playoff series and, he lost in the first round so i mean it's not huge and i mean the only difference is um with luca is that he's already an mvp candidate or an mvp candidate level player and trey young's a fringe all-star um and so you look back on that and maybe the organization feels like okay so we screwed up with trey young and luca but we need to try and correct that and make our team as competitive as the Mavericks are that, but, but that's not the way you drafted. Right. So, so that's a stupid notion. Um, And, and I felt like that was a poor move by the organization. I think the one thing that I disagree with you with is that I, they were not going to compete for a championship, but I think that what they wanted to do is 
They didn't want to be the Timberwolves. They just they still <laughs> no, they no still one wants to know. be the Timberwolves. But that's the thing, Carl Anthony Towns. Most people considered him a top three player to build your franchise along for the last like six years. It felt like, or since he's been in the league, like he's been the guy that people want to be. Him and Giannis for a while is between those two, and they are horrendous. They are the worst team in the NBA by a good margin, and it's because they never learned how to win. That's why Jimmy Butler left immediately. Jimmy Butler got showed, came in there and tried to punch him in the face and show, hey, this is how you win. I'm sick of this crap. You're not, you stop being so immature. And he did not fit with that chemistry, and he bounced immediately because of how you know terrible their mindset was. And that's I think what they're afraid of Trey Young becoming because Trey Young didn't win in Oklahoma. And he hasn't won so far. Haven't made the playoffs. And right now they're they're out of the playoffs still. And I think they were trying to bring in Gallo, bring in Rondo, Rondo who just won a championship. You know, they try to bring in people who have at least talent to make the team good enough to make the playoffs. Did that six to eight seed. I know they weren't playing, planning to compete in the East, but they wanted to at least make the playoffs so that they, like Luca, though he was a first round out, people just lauded over how amazing the guy was and like, Oh, he hit the step back game winner. And oh, he's, he's, he's ready. His team's just not ready. This, that, and the other. And if it was Trey, it wouldn't have mattered. And so like, I think they were trying to get Trey on that level of to learn how to win and it's failed miserably. And I think Pierce is honestly a big part of that. Um, and I think they like Turner started off with, there's been a lot of injuries uh, Gallinari's not been healthy. Reddish has not been healthy. There's been a lot of problems, but at some point, the team's just not playing right. They're not playing winning basketball, and I think that's the issue. The one thing that I'll say before we move on, I do like the McMillan replacement. I've I've always been a proponent of Nate McMillan. Um, I don't know how he did. I didn't know. I, I didn't agree with him being fired in the first place. I didn't either. No nope. hands. Um, I, and I didn't understand how he didn't get a team before the season started. And maybe that's why they fired Pierce. Maybe they were maybe. like, they really wanted McMillan all along and they just decided to give Pierce a chance and he's been terrible. So yeah, I, I really hope he, he turns it around. He's made McMillan's like a, a good coach. Yeah. So, um, but speaking of, um, tur- guy, I can't transition that well. But speaking of the playoffs and other NBA, <laughs> come on, you need a better segue than that. Uh, I, the other, I really the other, I had something, and then the I other just, big news, just the other big news in the league, dropped today. I, I tried to, I tried to get too fancy with it. I tried to get too fancy with it, but uh, big news from Shams actually today uh, was that the NBA and the NBA Players Association are going to eliminate the fifty-game limit for two-way contract players. Um, and allow two-way players to be eligible for the playoffs. Um, of course, pending NBA rules and board and all that stuff. But that's – I feel like that's one of those, like, NBA – Very good. That's just a very good move. That's... Well, and it's also one of those things Thanks where, like, if you're a casual NBA fan, like, that might not be big news to you. But it's so huge, especially in a season like this where players miss games – uh, because of COVID exposure or things like that, um, having those extra players available and being able to take those players in the playoffs is good for teams. And for those two ways, players that get hot are really show that they deserve playing time in the NBA towards the light, latter half of a the season. They're not having to 
stop playing because it's the playoffs um, or stop playing because they're reaching their 50 game limit. The um, only concern I have is um, I haven't looked at the full, I saw the news and then, mm. you know, busy day. Um, I haven't been able to dig into all the repercussions. Do we know if that'll, if, ha- what happens to their salary? Cause I, the, uh, the first that's thing a, I, okay, go ahead. As I said, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, is is Shams followed up and said two-way players who exceed 50 active games would then have compensation moved um, to the minimum NBA salary based on their years of service. Perfect. Because I know the, one of the issues I immediately had, and that is that makes this even better. I mean, like my only negative was that some two-way players are so valuable, like to either to the team chemistry, the locker room. I think the best example is that Maybe it's because I love him so much. Theo Pinson. Oh, yep. Theo Pinson was so valuable to the Nets that they released his two-way and signed him for the playoffs, which gave him like $400,000, <laughs> like, you know, versus making 80, 90 that you do as a two-way player. And so that is great that they're allowing for the two-way players to be properly compensated as need be. Cause that was my only worry. Cause if they're like, you can play in the playoffs and still make, you know, a few thousand a game. Like that would be kind of like, oh, dang, right. like <laughs> versus a proper salary. Yeah, it's it's that part that took it over the top for me because it makes sense for teams. It makes sense for the two way players. Um, I mean, unless y'all can think of anything else, I don't really think there's a true negative um, from this, this scenario. I think two way contracts were a great idea in the first place. And this is just just expanding them. Uh, to provide more opportunities and flexibilities for teams and, and players. So this is this is just awesome news. Maybe no, one it's of those. Just, it's just one of those moves that makes you feel good about the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when some of the NBA's decisions have made you feel bad this year. So yeah. definitely a, a really great one. Um, other other big NBA news that we'll, we might have to pull out the timer for Adrian for uh, is in the all-star replacements that were announced. I know we speculated on who was going to replace AD last week but we we got that announcement and it is basically like the day we dropped our podcast last week right (laughs) but i think it's to no surprise at least to any of us that devin booker was ad's uh replacement in the west um say what adrian will about who he thinks it would have been should have been uh but in the east we also got uh, a surprise replacement um kd is not going to be healthy or not going to play in the all-star game. Um, He'll still be the captain of the team, but in his stead, um, Sabonis got the all-star nod in the East, uh, which I was happy to see. uh, But that that's a little bit more of a mixed, a mixed bag. Um, But I think those are probably the right decisions. As much as I love SGA, I think it makes sense for those two guys, but y'all go ahead and disagree with me. Those are the popular decisions. I'm not going to quarrel with them because they're done. It's not like there's still speculation up in the air as to whether SGA can get in or not. No, he's, he's not getting in. So uh, he's, in my opinion, the more important player to his team uh, and has been, has been a better player this year. Devin Booker got in. He was the popular vote. And I'm not upset with the fact that um, – a player who has helped lead his team to a top five spot in the West got an all-star nod. That's fine. I do think um, one, one person that we haven't mentioned 
And this is just because the, the team has flown under the radar, just incredibly under the radar, uh, is the Spurs and DeMar DeRozan, um, who has been without uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and has been without Keldon Johnson uh, for significant stretches this year. And they're the sixth, sixth, sixth seed in the West. Um, DeMar DeRozan's putting up quite good numbers. Uh, he's putting up his career average um, numbers and, and they're winning games. I'm surprised he hasn't, he didn't get more notice. Uh, but at the same time, the Spurs fly under the radar. So I was going to say, it's, it's probably because the Spurs got to be the most like, non-flashy which isn't a bad thing uh good team in a while right which, i mean you could say the same I mean, thing shoot ever i mean like the the spurs are won five championships and they did it with the the man they named the big fundamental i mean yep i, I mean that's yep. they've never been flashy and that's what's made them so beloved for true basketball fans are like what do they do well Tony Parker runs the circle offense better than anyone of all time. Tim Duncan gets 20 and 10. Ginobili makes a shot. It's like, and they win. It's like, Oh yeah. Like they won all the time. And it's like, okay, well shit. Yep. Um, I think it's a good shout, but I think it would be, it would be a little insane to leave Devin Booker out as the replacement. Like as good as DeRozan is like Booker to leave him as, and then, and like have Paul in, and not have Booker in, and then put in DeRozan, who plays the same position. Like, I no, I get a better it. player, yeah. a better player on a better team. Like, you know, stats are this, that, and the other. Like, and we again, we talk about flash, and we talked about that. That's such a key right. part of the All Star game. Booker is one of the most renowned players in the NBA, and I'm not really even sure why. Like, I, I mean, he's a great scorer. I've never really understood the allure for why he's so popular. Maybe he's just in a Drake song. I don't know. But um yeah, I, I'm I think they got it right. Even with Sabonis, you know, Bam has had a pretty underwhelming last uh like three or four weeks, just like I was crediting Sabonis with having, but he's actually picked it up a bit. Um I still and think Indiana's the five seed. Is Indiana the five seed? Uh, uh yeah, they are yeah, they're no, uh, no they're actually the they dropped a nine, nine and the heat are five now. Wow. So that's that? what I'm that's what I'm saying with like now I still I personally still would have picked Bam because I think he's the best player. Though the only problem is since Jimmy Butler's been back, Jimmy Butler's been better than Bam. Oh, and absolutely. I think, I think that's hurt Bam's case. Yeah. Kind of like I think Terry Rogier hurt Gordon Hayward's case. Yep. Because yeah. Terry Rogier and started hitting game winners and was the best player on the team for like a month. And it's like, ah, well can we put Hayward in? He's had the better season, but he's not their best player. That's weird. And so I think that's what hurt Bam. And because Sabonis is the best player on uh, the Pacers Pacers. right now. Yeah. So that's why he got in just because you'd look at the names and it makes sense. It just makes sense though. It is a bummer not seeing names like Bam or Jimmy Butler, even, you know, get in there. I think if Jimmy's really turned them around. Jimmy's really turned yeah. them around since well, he played it, another it, month. If Jimmy had played more more the first half of the season, he, he'd be in. Oh, if J- Jimmy hadn't missed any games, he probably would have been a starter, if we're being honest, because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. he's so popular, too. Everyone loves Jimmy. Everyone loves other, Jimmy now. And that's the other thing uh, Turner uh, uh, didn't mention is that Jason Tatum will replace Katie in the starting lineup. Oh, yes. Which, yeah. and that makes a ton of sense. It also makes sense. 
Yeah, <laughs> it was all it was one of those moves where it was like, oh man, there's two injury replacements. Oh, it's boring. Cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what we thought would happen. Yep. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It um, hurts that Sabonis was born the same year as me. <laughs> getting so old. I just put up his profile. It's like, hey, it's Jason like Tatum's younger than us. Jason Tatum. Oh no, I, Tatum's younger than all of us. So I just it, feel like Sabonis is just another one of those guys. Like yeah, he's been in the league a while, the set the other, and I'm like, oh, 96. Cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like the younger version of Andre Drummond. You're like Andre Drummond's like 35 now, right? You're like, oh no, he's like 27. I'm like oh, okay, great. It, it is what <laughs> it is. It is what it uh, is. But. Rounding out the rest of the All-Star weekend, um, the dunk contests uh, participants were announced. Not all of I them. Think... We're still missing a fourth. Oh, okay. Uh, goes to show how much I care about the dunk contest. And part of that is one of the biggest stories around the dunk contest ever since the um, the Levine and... Um... Uh, ever since LeBron decided not to participate in the dunk contest. It's, it's been... it's. That's it's been a story since LeBron decided he wasn't going to do it. Yeah, Simply but put, that's why had... Mike is better. That's the that's so so Bottom reason line. alone. Two-time dunk champion, zero-time dunk champion, zero-time dunk participant. Argue yeah. with it. Argue with it. <laughs> and I never understood it because LeBron in his prime would have been an amazing. He'd have won it. There's no yeah. way he wouldn't have won it. Like he'd have won it off of popularity alone. He wouldn't even had to com- like complete the great craziest dunks. When you think about it too, when you think about who people want to see, like people, the dunk contest was so amazing because people wanted to see it regardless because it was a magic, but also you got Dominique Wilkins, you, you know, had Chocolate Thunder, you had Michael Jordan, you had all these names. If you pull up somebody off the street now, you're like, do you watch NBA? I watch a game every now and then. Who would you like to see in the dunk contest? I guarantee they're not going to say Obi Toppin, Fernie Simons and Cassius Stanley. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna well, say I want Zion, I want LeBron, I want Russell Westbrook, and and I want Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou Diallo, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. perfect. But and I just typed in NBA Dunk Contest 2021, and the first three reports are Zion Williamson will not participate, Jalen Brown turned down, Alex Caruso declined the event. That's when you know it's bad when someone as garbage as Caruso is turning down invitations. Why would yeah. you? Why would you? <laughs> Caruso would be like he can dunk. That's why. That's yeah. But, say, well, but like dunk. Caruso would be the guy that they would put in the dunk contest right now because the other guys don't want to do it. How in the good lord is, is Miles Bridges or Malik Monk not in the dunk contest? Like I, yeah, I see. Like I miss the days when we had subpar players in the dunk contest. It's like now we're just pulling the most elite jumpers from the 11th and 12th man spots on the bench. I will say, I think that's why Derek Jones Jr. is still in the NBA. Like, I yeah. because he was so outstanding. <laughs> Teams were like, holy hell, who's this guy? <laughs> and like, and that got him his roster spot. And now he's a consistent bench player. If and that's, starter. What's, that's what's going to happen with Cassius Stanley in this dunk contest. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah, most likely. You, it's just, y'all it's, think it's a bummer. Dust- the dunk contest ends do you think it's on its way out do you think it gets no. revitalized it's too it's too all it, of much of a religious experience it, the problem that i think arises is every once in a blue moon now 
you'll just have a, an insane dunk contest like the 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 Aaron Gordon Zach Levine um and before that you had the John Wall Paul George Terrence Ross um that wasn't elite but it was it was a good dunk contest um, Dwight Howard Dwight Howard so you have a good dunk contest like every four five six years and so they're going to keep putting it on because they have the expectation that, oh, maybe we're going to have a good dunk contest this year. The difference is in years past, it was a spectacle every single year because mm-hmm. you were always going to have a big name or you were going to have someone that everyone knew could just destroy the rim. Wasn't Jordan so, in it three times? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it why 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 is it such a big deal for for is it just because they're too cool is that why i'm not entirely sure what the reasoning is behind players not doing it i have a a small feeling that it has a little bit to do with the whole trend of load management um so and and everything like that because if you think about it everyone this everyone at the start of zion's career was telling him hey you need to walk properly. You need to quit jumping as much if you want to save your knees and all of those sorts of things. And like, I get that. At the same time, one dunk contest isn't going to ruin your career it, or the chances are insanely small. LeBron has dunk contests before every other game. Yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, and like and if, he, at- what do you call the all-star game? Damn near yeah. jumping for the free throw line. It's it's oh, so good. it's so so strange. Um, all of it. I just I just, I don't know. I hope it gets its energy back because even though I wasn't, you know, watching the NBA or even really cognizant back with you know Vince Carter Carter's dunk contest I still go back and watch Vince Carter's dunk contest on YouTube like I do that at least once every couple of months just because it's so like you can feel energy you're not even there but you can feel energy from the environment and from the dunks that are that are like put together and created like the creative the creativity back then was insane too and now it just feels like there's there's just there's not that energy. And so many sucks. things have been done as part of it. One, like it, when you've seen, you can type in 2000 dunk contest and watch Vince Carter just go absolutely off the rails. But like <laughs> if you watched it every day for a week, oh, yeah, it kind of would get boring as hell by the end of it. And that's kind of what's happened to kids these days. They, they're like, man, what's the best dunk contest? Well, look at the Levine Gordon. Look at jo- Jordan Wilkins. Look at, um, you know, look at the Vince Carter and they see it all. And because of YouTube, they literally watch it eight times a day for X amount of time before the dunk contest. And then you have Obi Toppin coming in who has like a 30 inch vert and like, is like, okay. Yeah. It's like interesting. You're good. But like, that was kind of boring. I would very, (laughs) I, I think if you had a showdown between the two rookie of the year candidates and John Morant and Zion Williamson, it would easily be one of the most uh, popular events that the NBA would have this year. I'd be more excited yeah. to watch that than the all-star game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the point. Um, but to recap uh, our, our 
NBA section, um, we have to mention the Nets again, and we have to mention James Ooh. Harden again. Um, Turner didn't want to. <laughs> I I didn't want to because somehow I missed the insanity that Harden yet again put up. It, you night. were you were too focused on giving praise to the Knicks instead of the Nets. <laughs> I don't know I was, why I you was, were focusing on the wrong team in New York. I was but. I was caught up with the 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 real team of New York. Just kidding. I I don't give it. I don't give it. Well, again, they were talking about it's it's the kind of the hilarity of the whole situation. The Knicks are one game above five hundred, and they're storming the streets. And <laughs> James Harden has one of the best stat lines in NBA history. And they're like, "Cool, next game. When's Katie getting back?" Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I mean, it's just I I'm curious what your thoughts are, Jonah, because. I would have considered it ludicrous about two weeks ago to have anyone ahead of Joel Embiid in the MVP conversation. But I think Harden is very, very close. He's there. He's, he's a clear number two, in my opinion. And I still don't understand how LeBron's there above these guys. Like I, oh, I've no. seen LeBron above. Is he? I've seen him number and, one for and, some people. And, and the most recent polls, I think he's still number one. That's it's look. ludicrous. It's yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> crazy. It's it's insane. The Lakers, I mean, not that he has to carry a team in order to be the MVP, but like AD and Schroeder were out and the Lakers were bad. That's not MVP caliber play. LeBron's it's, still having a great season. But yeah, it's, you can have a great season. He's not even LeBron's having I mean he's he's having a great season by NBA player standards, but like by LeBron standards, he's having a poor season. Yeah. I say we're being he's, honest. He's yeah. had the I think the whole narrative around him is just, oh, he's still having a great season and he's 36. And it's like, yeah, that's great. That doesn't mean he gets to be <laughs> MVP. It should very clearly be Embiid or Harden. Um, and honestly, that's those are the only two that I think are are clear and, and ahead of the rest of the pack. I think maybe Jokic still sneaks in there, but I think Dame um, Lillard and Steph Curry are three and four, in my opinion. To, to answer your question, though, Adrian, it, what is happening is exactly what I thought would happen. Embiid had to sit out multiple games because of yeah. back injury. Screw LeBron, another reason he's not the MVP. Um, but, like, <laughs> he's just not going to be fit enough for 72 games. Like, I just don't think he's going to be. He, I think he's going to play at this dang near level the entire season. I just am worried if he lo- if he misses say twenty games, and Harden only continues to get better, which he has. Like he hasn't, he's not he's gotten a, worse. He's still improving. Yeah, I know. He's still improving. Like again, we talk about the stat line was 30, 15, 14 in forty four minutes and no turnovers. Like that's unheard of. Literally, it's unheard of. It's the only time that's ever happened. Fifteen turnover, fifteen assists with no turn. The, the assist numbers are getting a little ridiculous and Embiid has not been he had his uh 50 point game but he's not been as historic since then he's been getting his classic like 26 27 28 and he has his games where like you know against Chicago you could see him at one point I think it was in the third quarter he was like oh this is Joe Embiid's game now and that's what may, that's what MVPs do my only concern is that he's not going to be able to remain. Because would you rather win the MVP or go to the NBA Finals? Because that's what the Sixers are going to worry about. 
they're going to let Embiid rest whenever he needs to. And I think Embiid cares about the MVP, but he has felt the last two seasons, how they've ended have been so embarrassing for Joel Embiid because he's the reason they lost to the Toronto Raptors because mm-hmm. he was not fit enough to play. Right. They would have beat the Raptors in, in six games had he been healthy and they weren't, he just wasn't healthy. Right. And then Ben Simmons is out against the net against uh, uh, the, the Celtics and they get swept. It does not a good look for him. He's angry. He wants to win. Right. I think more than he cares about the MVP. And so because of that, I kind of see James Harden overtaking him. The only problem is I don't know if that will happen because I don't trust the voters if they still have damn LeBron number one. So I don't that's know what they it, expect anymore. That's very true. But one thing that I'll, I'll bring to our attention before we move off of Harden, Harden might win the MVP uh, with the boost and storyline he'll get from Houston uh, retiring his number. I don't know if you all saw that news that just uh, Did dropped. Did it just but- break? Yes, uh, Houston, Houston ownership, um, per per reports, um, plan to retire James Harden's jersey. Now, obviously, they're not going to retire it right now, but that's uh, that's big news. A little bit surprising news, to, considering what happened at the end there in Houston. But no, I don't think so. I think he's the second best player in their history. I mean, <laughs> I think I think it's Elijah Wan and Harden. Like I don't. Yep. I think it's pretty clear. Maybe Moses Malone, but he didn't play his whole career there. So, so something that I want to mention, um, but but Tucker kind of moved it off of the whole Embiid LeBron thing. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> no, I just it, I saw that news and I had to I had to mention. Yeah, it. it's it's fine. Uh, with I I don't know. I, I we've already kind of talked about it, but it just it's it's gotten under my skin a little bit, and I this is just as a fan of the NBA. Uh, that singular push from LeBron to Joel Embiid could transform the 76er season because of Embiid's back issues. Not only could it deprive Joel Embiid, because I mean, Joel Embiid was playing perfectly healthy. Obviously, we, we still had worries about whether his durability could hold up in a full 72 games, whatever. Um, but his back has been messed up ever since that game and that play. And LeBron, one, didn't get uh, an ejection or anything like that called on him. But there's been no repercussions since. And and the 76ers, I feel like, are kind of suffering as a result, Joel Embiid specifically. Um, And I don't know if there's more to be said about it. I just, as an NBA fan, I'm a bit upset that that scenario took place and there were no repercussions for LeBron or the Lakers or from the league um, for a play of that caliber. We've talked about it multiple times. I mean, I was incredulous when it happened and I was, I felt justified because then I hopped on an NBA Twitter. I talked to Adrian and it's like, Oh no, that was the most horse crap thing we've seen this season. Like that's disgusting. And like the problem is LeBron is supposed to be this utmost integrity player, which he usually is. And then I just don't understand because if that happened, like I, that's what I said a couple of weeks ago. If that was reversed, we'd still be hearing about it. Like, oh, Le- LeBron's thirty six. You can't do that to an old man. Like, it's like, like if, if LeBron got the body of a thirty six year old. Yeah, if LeBron was out right now or or was out 
fairly consistently with back issues after that play, I guarantee you that would be the leading narrative this week. Like it would have been the leading narrative for the past month um, because that's just the way the leaks run. I just, it, it, it pisses me off a bit. Um, and and, I, and I, as I, someone with chronic back problems, I'm extra <laughs> mad. I got to go to the chiropractor <laughs> to get my shit put back into place, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I won't add too much more. I, I'll just reiterate how uh, basically just wrong I was in the moment. I think that that speaks to how the league is framed around its star player. Um, I think both of you are absolutely right. I just hope that it doesn't continue to affect Embiid's season. Now, obviously, I'm no doctor and back issues can linger for a while. So there's no guarantee that it doesn't, but I, I just hope for the sake of the league and for the sake of a competitive and entertaining playoffs, that that's not the case. Um, but speaking of playoffs standings, um, we do need to talk about the East because I think we all kind of came in and looked at the East and the West and we saw the difference between the conference sort of, um, there's always been a, a, a gap between the two conferences. And I think we saw that narrowing this season. Oh, I but, thought, I thought there was going to be an argument for league parity by the end of the season. Yeah. I, I truly did. And now we have the 18 and 17 New York Knicks at the four seed. Um, now, obviously that's not going to continue. I think the Knicks are going to drop a bit. The heat are on the rise. Um, I don't know what the hell's going wrong with the Celtics. Um, I don't think that the East is this bad, but it's pretty much the 76ers, Nets, and Bucks, and then it's whoever else wants to maybe show up. The Heat, maybe you're like the mid-tier, maybe the Celtics if they turn it around. But like other than that, it's it's those three teams, and that's that's it. It's well, yeah, such a I, vast drop off after that third too. Like the Bucks are, who it's kind of shocking they're coming in. They're third in the East. They've been dominated the East the last two years, and like, it's crazy how bad of a drop off is. Yeah, like, after third, it's it's horrifying, honestly. Yeah, and it just it's it's kind of incredible when you compare it to the Western Conference, um, because we all we like we said we kind of thought that by the end of the season, there could be an argument that the Eastern conference was as talented as the Western conference. That is. And especially with James Harden moving over and Russell Westbrook moving over. And some of these elite players that have been in the Western conference for a long time, uh, you would think Kevin Durant, uh, all these players, it's just like, it hasn't happened. And if anything, it's a, it's a wider split. Well, I think the problem is those, those players you mentioned. Yeah, it's great. They switch. They go to the same team though. So yeah. like it's yeah. it's the Nets have gotten those players and then the Sixers have gotten better and then the Bucks have kind of maintained and gotten a couple of new pieces but like we can look the at the rest got of the worse cuz they lost the Celtics got worse and they've just underperformed significantly. I mean the Celtics yeah. have just been kind of a crap show um so far and then uh the Heat have severely underperformed cuz if those two we're well above 500, like not even just about, but like, you know, where they're supposed to be. If they were contending for the top three seeds, 
it would look a lot different because if the top five teams who we thought were going to be the top five teams were all playing well, it, we would probably look more towards league parity. However, those teams had a terrible start and they haven't quite gotten it quite under uh, wraps yet. So it still looks really bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and one other team I would throw in that mix is the Pacers. Once they get TJ Warren and Karis LeVert back, um, they, they were kind of a, a shock in the playoffs last year. And I think they're a good enough team once fully healthy to be a dangerous first round team. Um, but right now they're sitting at, at ninth. I thought they were uh, fourth or fifth um, coming into this podcast. I was stunned earlier when Joda said that they were ninth. Um, so I, I think there is a chance the Eastern Conference just looks really, really bad right now. And they're actually kind of better than, than they look. But it's pretty astounding to see the margin of difference between the, a bad team in the West, a bad team in the East. Yeah. And I, and I think that's sort of where I'll wrap on, I, up on. I think that it'll get better and it'll look nicer, but it definitely shows that there is still a pretty sizable gap um, even after all this talent shift. Uh, but that was a lot to talk about. Some good stuff to go through. Um, we're getting closer and closer to the halfway point of the season every day um i guess it's gonna be after the all-star break this year i keep on thinking the all-star breaks halfway through yeah no, we're pretty much halfway through that's that's crazy and we just it feels like it feels like we just did the nba finals because we did um but that's gonna be it for this episode of the podcast uh you can follow us on twitter at flight underscore pod and as always stay safe out there have a great week and thank you so much for listening Peace. Peace.